We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. from mailbag part two it is a beautiful wednesday morning when you're listening to this and we are so excited to be on this journey with you i'm alex golden your host for the setting the pace podcast joined by once again that's still there mustache mike mike how we doing brother hey you know if we're knocking out a few episodes in a row this mustache ain't going nowhere so we got plenty of mail on us today so alex hey let's keep the mail going all right, it's happy hump day, ladies and gentlemen, and it's weird calling him Mike, so I'm going to have to go back to fight you for the rest of the podcast until we close things out, but we are here. This is Chase Hoops. He said, do you think that Andrew Nimhart will be on the team past his rookie deal, or will he want a larger role and go to another team? Personally, fight you before you answer, great question. I think it's a great question, and I think, sadly, we might be asking this question for the next few years. I think... The coaching staff absolutely loves him, and I think everybody would probably be in agreement with that. But sure, it's just been one year. But oh man, the fan base has fallen in love with this game, and rightfully so. He is true two-way potential and could end up being a starting-level point guard. I mean, we honestly feel like he could start on some teams right now, and this is just going into year two. However, perhaps down the line, maybe he is the starting two-guard alongside Tyrese, just as we saw last year, as Matherin could start at three. But look, this all depends on if he is, you know, not a featured piece in a trade to land maybe an all-star caliber player. Because I don't think there's a scenario where the Pacers would just move on from, eh, you know what, we're we're not going to bring him back. I think that would be crazy. I think the only way that he is not a Pacer, you know, going in, you know, after this contract is if he is moved in a trade for a much bigger piece because he's going to be coveted by teams. I think he already is. 
Yeah, and I think what's interesting about second round picks, and I might be wrong on this, but I don't think I am. So if I am wrong, I apologize. But I don't think he's a restricted free agent. He'll be unrestricted no. when his contract's mm-hmm. up. So yep. that is the only problem that you have with second round guys is I think you can kind of look at the Jalen Brunson situation uh, since we talked about Jalen Brunson on the last episode where he left Dallas because they didn't want to give him that contract when they could have, and he would have taken a much lesser deal and then ended up mm-hmm. getting a lot more money and they couldn't afford him. So I'll just say this. I think you'd probably have to lean that he will get a starting job somewhere if he continues to improve from his rookie year into year four as much as he had already in year one. So if he continues to improve that much, like there's no way in my mind that he's not a starter. So, um, But if he's that talented, then I can see him becoming the Pacers starting two, like you mentioned, and not being their premier backup. I think the Pacers front office is smart enough to realize his talent and they'll know if he's frustrated in year four with his role. If that's the case, I can see them dealing him for a nice return or expanding his role because they feel like he's earned that. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens this year because who says he can't start? Because when we had Chad Buchanan on, he never once committed to anybody starting besides Tyrese and Miles. So the, it's the ball's in his court. If he wants to start, then let's see what happens. I mean, you still have TJ McConnell who can be your backup point guard or you can even play Andrew Nimhard back a point guard minutes, even if he does start. So it's one of those things where we're not really sure what's going to happen. I think we would lean that Bruce Brown probably starts. But at this point, the big thing is you just got to let Andrew Nimhard continue to evolve as a player, let him grow, and then kind of figure things out. Because if you feel like he wants to be a point guard somewhere and he wants to be a point guard of another team, i.e. Fred Van Vliet leaving the Raptors, going to the Rockets, you don't let him leave for nothing like Toronto's done with all their free agents. You figure out a deal. Okay, look, we know that we're probably not going to come to an agreement here. Let's find a nice place for you. I think that the odds would probably say he is on a different team based on the Pacers already having their guy in Halliburton. But at the same time, if he's that good and he can play the two and be that secondary guy next to Halliburton in the backcourt and be really good defensively, like if he can become a Drew Holiday, why wouldn't that be able to work? So I I think it's one of those things where you just have to kind of let it all play out. But the odds to me would say he's probably on another team only because of the point guard situation. And and that's the thing is like we've talked about, but with Tyrese being there, I mean, what are the odds that it's just like Tyrese and Nemhard are, are running at the, the guard spots for the next 10 years together? It's just, it just doesn't really happen to be able to keep a backcourt together like that. I mean, Steph and Clay are like the only ones that you could really think of and they won four championships together. Yeah. I mean, even Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, you know, both, guards at least they they ran it together for a while but if you're not winning eventually it's going to get broken up so Mm -hmm. i just think even with with all those guys none of them were really both point guards so that's what complicates it even more so i'm in agreement with you but let's just hope for the best and if andrew nemhard really develops the pacers will will have a tough decision to make the next question dj davis hey dj we appreciate you he said, wouldn't Buddy be a sixth man of the year if he was the first off the bench as he would be like the Pistons' Vinnie Johnson? I think Buddy will stay with the Pacers this year and after since he had, um, since he and Hal Burton are so close. Yeah, so I just want to like emphasize that six man doesn't nece- necessarily mean you're the first off the bench, but the most productive off the bench. I think Buddy could be that for Indiana this season. Also, I think Buddy likes it here. But the Pacers have to weigh their options. That's a big thing. If he's super impactful and someone they feel they can't replace shooting and spacing-wise, then I can see them bringing him back. But if they want to use his money to get someone more versatile, it might come down to money and allowing someone younger, cheaper to get a chance over Buddy in that backup role. So 
Assembling the best roster to get deep into the playoffs is priority number one. That's up to Buddy to prove that he can be a part of that. Yeah, here's the thing. I very much think if the Pacers are able to carve out the 25 to 30 minutes per game that Buddy needs and is used to, I think that he could accomplish being sixth man of the year. The problem is those minutes are going to be hard to carve out with the talent and the deepness of this roster at the two and three spot. Mm-hmm. Sixth man of the year award, it seems pretty open. I don't think anyone feels that Malcolm Brogdon's going to win it again, <laughs> run it back, especially, you know, given his injury history, Marcus Smart being moved. But I, I feel like then you're looking at, you know, Manuel quickly, good player, could be the favorite, who knows, whatever. Buddy, if, if he's to win the award, I think that means that the Pacers are a solid playoff team. Mm-hmm. And he's absolutely embraced that role, leading to him likely being brought back. So I think if Buddy's the sixth man of the year, I think everything's going to work out. I think he's going to stay in Indiana. But it's also like, will he absolutely buy into the role off the bench? And is there enough minutes for him off the bench for him to thrive? Now, that that's the real question. Does he come off the bench is the real question, too, because we're still not certain. Still not certain. I mean, I don't know if you saw what I tweeted, but ESPN, <laughs> I don't know what they know. They put out our depth chart. They have Buddy starting for us. I don't Next think to Matherin. I don't think they have a clue with what's going on over here with the Pacers, but I think that was very, very interesting to see. I don't expect to see it, but, you know, crazier things have definitely happened. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately, too, like Buddy wants to be a part of a playoff team. Like yes. that's what he's talked about. And so if the Pacers miss the playoffs once again this year, I can kind of see him being like, okay, I really liked my time here, but I also want to go be on a playoff team because I've never had that experience yet. And he's going to be 32, I think, maybe 31 by the end of his contract. So in that vicinity, and which is on the like downward part of a guy's career. So we'll see how things play out for Buddy. I still think he could be a good piece for this team. But at the same time, I think they drafted Ben Shepard for a reason, Baji. And it did. There's going to be a lot of cap space potential next year with this roster, despite the extension kicking in for Halliburton with all these guys that are going to be restricted free agents or unrestricted free agents or have team options. So the Pacers really have to weigh their options and see if anybody does become available that they could either A, trade for, or B, sign outright in free agency. And that could also determine if Buddy Hill is on this team past this season. No, it's true. But look, even if things aren't going well into the deadline, I think that makes the decision a lot easier to move mm-hmm. him because if it's like, hey, look, buddy, we're probably not going to be a playoff team, but we have playoff teams that are calling about you, then that might might make that decision a lot easier. But also, if you are to bring Buddy back and pay him what even just what he's making this year, right around that 18 to $20 million per year, if that's a three-, four-year contract, that'll definitely eat into your salary cap space for years to come. And kind of maybe say this is probably what we're working with here you know looking for internal growth when i think the pacers want to dream a bit bigger and be able to save that say 18 to 20 million dollars of cap space yeah i totally agree with that Fachi. so let's keep it moving here rebooted drew wants to know is there any room for ronda hollis jefferson on this roster or in the rotation for that matter Ronda Hellish Jefferson, that is you know, for sure a throwback NBA name. I feel like he's created a lot of buzz FIBA, baby. lately. FIBA has, I mean, he's been the player. The Kobe comparisons that were going on were getting a little bit wild for a guy that, you know, <laughs> last time we saw him in the NBA wasn't doing too much. But look, you know, he's playing well overseas. That's awesome for him. It would be cool to see him join an NBA roster. I know he has 
an NBA out in his contract. If a team calls him, he can't get out of his deal. But Pacers don't have any open roster spots. Every every spot, you know, every contract is guaranteed. Uh, and it would have to come at the expense of trading Daniel Tice or waving and stretching him to eat into future cast space. And I do not see the Pacers wanting to do that, especially for a guy like Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, where the Pacers are already deep at the three and four spots. I just don't see us being the team to bring him in if anyone does. This might have been the easiest question to answer out of all of the ones that we've had so far. I just I just don't think so. It's just like the roster is way too loaded. We've already had a hard time finding minutes for this rotation to play out with the 15 guys currently on the roster. And he even felt bad like saying, okay, well, these four to five guys probably aren't playing to start the year. And it's like, whoa, like how is how is Jordan Moore probably not getting a minute? It's like it's just one of those things where Rick already has a problem with having too much talent in terms of like depth on this team. So RHJ, fun story to talk about during August. Love what he's doing for FIBA, but at this point, just don't think it makes any sense for the Pacers to bring in this guy. I, I just, this is a classic August to September basketball talk. We're like, yep. yeah, what if we bring in Rondé Hollis Jefferson? And it's like, we will totally forget that this was ever even a question in like March. March, April, you know, anything like that. We'll be like, I wonder what he's even up to. October. But you know what? That's that's the fun of things. So you know what? We'll, we'll have to check back in, see who signed him, and if he's, uh, you know, still crushing it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But yeah. next question, Tyler Schmidt said, with success being defined different each year for the past couple of years, what does a successful season look like for you both? 
this year. Player development, regardless of record, playoff berth, both, anything else, also welcome. Yeah, Tyler, this is actually a great question. I was really excited to answer this one when I did, and I said, I think at this point with this young group, a successful season would be making it to the postseason. If the team only makes it to the play-in but doesn't advance, I'd say it was still successful because they improved from the previous year and got a little taste of what the playoffs are like, but still left with a bit of disappointment from how the season ended. Player development from your young core is ultimately the most important thing at this point in their young careers, but getting into the playoffs only helps get this franchise more recognition on how special this group can be, which could help young players who are entering free agencies. So I personally think that Ultimately, the most important thing is player development from your young core because they're still very raw in terms of like how much NBA life they still have left. But I think that this team is honestly too talented to not make the playoffs this year. If they don't, like I'd be kind of shocked, but everything's going to have to come together correctly. And I mean playoffs, I mean play-in, sorry. I, I shouldn't say that they're like guaranteed playoffs because that's the, the East is still pretty loaded. But a play-in team, if they don't make the top 10 in the East this year, I would be a little bit disappointed it would mean somebody got hurt that was really important to this team, like a Tyrese or a Miles or a Benedict, something like that. But I just feel like ultimately we want to see them get that little taste of playoff experience, whether it's playing or playoff, and just improve. Because at the end of the day, if they're making improvements, it means they're doing something right. Because this team last year, 35 wins, not bad. But I think they can get to the 40-45 range. Exactly. Last year, 35 wins, the rookie class, Tyrese Halliburton, that could be deemed a successful year based off of what expectations were going into the year. I thought this is a great question. But for me, being a top six seed is an uberly successful year. That is as great as it could possibly be. We'd be the Cinderella of the NBA. We'd be like, I feel like almost kind of catching some of that buzz that the Sacramento Kings had last year. Yeah. Where it's like, well, look at the Pacers. Like, look, look at them. They're up and coming. But I could also very much consider a successful year be making the play-in game with major development for Matherin, Nemhard, Obi, Jarris Walker, you know, Halliburton maybe being an all-NBA or at least an all-star. I think if a Halliburton is all-NBA and we're a play-in slash playoff team, I mean, psh, that is that is awesome. But if Matherin and Nemhard take that step forward and we realize that they're for real, no offense, they're not a Chris Duarte type player, I think we're going to feel real good about ourselves and, and the, the progress that we're making. You know, if Jarris Walker can show that real potential, especially defensively, Obi Toppin we see as a player that just needed a fresh start and we strike gold on. And we we get bounced in the play-in game, but we get that meaningful experience. I think that's going to be awesome. But there, to me, there is no way to label this season successful if we don't at least make the play-in game because now you can no longer sell this team on Hey, we got 35 wins again. You know, like we're, we're coming. It kind of feels like we didn't do, we didn't take at least a step forward. And I think that step forward is at least the playing game. Interesting. So you're telling me that if Benedict Matherin improves as a three-point shooter, gets better defensively, and and gets more points per game, that this wasn't a successful season because we didn't make the play-in? Well, we can't base our whole season around just Matherin. Well, I'm saying, forward. I'm saying, I'm giving an example. Like, let's say him and them hard and another young player, like uh, Jairus Walker. Like, they have really good seasons. Isn't that, like, somewhat promising in terms of successful? Because this is your young core moving forward. Like, your Bruce Browns, your Daniel Tices, your Buddy Heels, like, all those guys are fine for this year, but you don't really necessarily see them as, like, long-term pieces, where if your long-term pieces have 
really good seasons individually and they show that they can take that next step in their game, don't you think that would be somewhat successful? I think if those guys take the next step, that should equate to a few more it wins. It should, but what if it for should. some reason we get 42 wins and we still don't make the playoffs because – Okay, sure. If I'm that just asking. happens – Okay, in that scenario, I can label that still a successful season because 42 wins, we're above 500. So okay. how about this? If we're also – if that happens, <laughs> but we're also 500, yes, that is a step forward. Okay. Successful seven more wins than last year. Yes, sign me up for that. Yeah, because, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. There could be a team that's like the 10th seed or whatever that, or the 11th yeah. seed, and they have a 500 record or something like that. It's not likely, but no. I'm just throwing out these different scenarios because I want to make sure that, you know, we're not overlooking like, oh, playoffs are bust. Like, cause I don't want to come across that way because I still think that at the end of the day, if I see our young core, and this is me personally, so I'm just – you don't have to answer this for you. I mean, you don't have to be this way in, in terms of how you feel, but if I see our young core make massive steps – and take those massive steps to become better, and it doesn't necessarily result in like being a playoff team, I still would call that a successful season, despite having, like I said, a bit of disappointment that they didn't reach higher goals that maybe I have for. You get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying, but if we can't snag the 10th spot in the East, <laughs> it's hard for me to celebrate You know, any, any of that. I, I could be happy with a couple of players, but season-wise, being successful, I don't know. I might be able to say that was a successful, you know, sophomore year yeah. for Benedict Matherin and Emhar and that. But you, you got to come with a couple more wins. It's September. I'm looking at the glass half full. Oh, that right glass now. is definitely half full. I'm looking for it to be like a little sixty percent full. You know, <laughs> a little bit yeah. of that. I, I'm feeling. I'm feeling pretty good about this team this year. I don't. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like they're I gonna be good. a lot better and maybe even do something special this year that we're not necessarily maybe ready for so uh anyway let's keep it moving here lee plenty wants to know can jarris walker develop into a small forward super tough question coming into the draft some people were saying he can't they're like he is not a three and watching summer league given his size amount of time he spent around the perimeter putting up some threes i felt like he probably could and i know that you know some see him as potential small ball five which i think he can but and he's definitely a four but I also do think that he could spend some time as a three. Um, you know, who knows how it'll go, but I, I don't think that you could say that he can't play the three. Mm. So I'm gonna disagree here. Okay. I don't I don't necessarily see him being a three Fachi. I just he's gonna have to really improve on that three point shot. Oh, oh big time to be a three. And like you said, it's gonna take a lot of work to get there. I just don't really see him like that. And I think it was a great comparison, one that I hadn't really thought of when Miles compared a lot of his game to Thad Young. Thad Young, yeah. to me, is not a three because of his lack of shooting. And while they're both like smart, high IQ passers that can make the right play, I don't see them as putting the ball on the floor and really being like great dribblers either. So personally for me right now, I see him more as a four, like strictly a four that can play some small yeah. ball five. I just don't envision the three ever happening. It's kind of like one of those things where we constantly heard about Isaiah Jackson could be a four. But Rick Carlisle's only played him at the five because that's what he is. So to me, it's like Jairus Walker, we have enough wings. We don't need him to be a three. Could he play the three for a possession or two? Sure. Maybe play some good defense out there on a three. That's what he could do. But I don't necessarily see him being a three, a two, one of those kind of wing players. I see him more as a big, a power forward or more than likely a small ball five. I, I definitely see him as a four 
who could play some five. And then when he, when we say, uh, you know, could he play the three? I don't know how much of an extent that really means. But what I need to know, and I, I brought this up in the past, and it still bugs me, is if you ever go on ESPN, can you tell me why Isaiah Jackson is still listed as a three? As a three. And that's why you're I worried, mean, and you're worried about their depth chart. Come on now, it's just it's a but ESPN. I mean, who's running this? Isaiah Jackson, the small forward. It's Come on. just like they're not they're no longer the worldwide leader in sports. Not at all. Man. They're not at all, and, and it still pains my inner childhood just to 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 hear that and have that known. But yeah, I I feel like I need to write an angry letter or something until that's yeah. changed. But yeah. guard hey, Terry Taylor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Guard, yeah. That was another one that was just wild. But, yeah. hey, I'll get off my soapbox. Here, here we got for next. John Byer said, love the Ring of Honor idea. Who are your top four, top five choices if the team were to do it? I'd start with these five, but I'd love to hear your ideas. He had Rick Smits, Danny Granger, Jermaine O'Neal, Mark Jackson, and Larry Brown. Honestly, these are all great choices. Yeah, they are. Um, I can't really disagree with this Fachi, but i would say for my first five that i would probably go with i would say rick smiths i would say jermaine o'neill and i would say danny granger i would agree with yes, all three of those me too but maybe it's just because i watched them up close and got to see them a little bit differently but i think i would actually lean roy hibbert because okay. he was an all-star with the pacers two-time all-star yeah two-time all-star and he was a defensive player of the year candidate i think he made a defense uh, all defensive team a couple times too if i'm not mistaken he did. and so. then and then this was a really tough one for me. I I, I put David West in there. Um, Mark Jackson is definitely that. worthy of it. I think that Larry Brown's worthy of it. I think a couple of names, I don't want to steal your guys if you have them, but I had honorable mentions like Dell Davis, Jalen Rose, Derek McKee. I think all those are honorable mentions. And then, of course, Larry Bird being the mo- like the highest winning percentage of a coach for the Pacers in franchise history. So, like, those are some names that I think deserve to be in there, but you, you can't go wrong with the five that John mentioned here because Mark Jackson, like you said, still holds the record for the most assists in a season. Like Mark Jackson was a pivotal part of those teams that made the uh, Eastern Conference Finals runs and then eventually the NBA Finals run. So maybe he does deserve the nod over David West in this regard, but I'm just – what David West meant to that franchise, it's tough. And I know Paul George probably deserves to be in there, but not right now, not until he's retired. I look, I definitely agree with Rick Smith's Danny Granger, Jermaine O'Neal. No doubt. I feel like those three are unanimous. Then when it gets to Mark Jackson, it's like you can make that argument. Hey, even a two time pacer came back for more. You know, oh, yeah. I that, they that traded him for Jalen Rose. Yep. Yep. Uh, so that was awesome to be able to get him back. But here's what I got. So I got the, the first three. And then, you know, assuming how things go during, during this stint and, you know, how long it is and all of that. And maybe if he moves in the front office one day, I think Rick. Carlisle should go in there. This is his third stint with the Pacers. And we'll see what happens, depending on how he finishes this out. And Because this could end up being a good run. And like we said, maybe he does eventually go to the front office and it ends up being a guy that was really there through a lot of the success of the late 90s to the, you know, coaching him. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm for Rick Carlisle. Don't get me wrong. But do you think with him still coaching the team right now, it makes sense to put him in there? Well, no, you don't wait put till him he's in wait till he's done. He's exactly. That's why I didn't put exactly. like a Halliburton because obviously he should be. In there. Well, yeah, yeah. Look, so yeah, Halliburton. Look, I hope one day he'll be in there, and I expect that he would be if he stays long, long term. But Carlisle, same thing with him. Look, if it all works out long term. But if you're talking about just for now, I think one guy that you didn't mention is really underrated, 
Not Jeff Foster. I Jeff was Foster waiting for that. Patriots. He forever. I mean, yeah. that guy was as loyal as it came. And then I had Dale Davis as someone that you got to definitely consider. He made yeah. an all-star team with the Pacers. He's with the Pacers for like, you know, about 10 years, another two-time Pacer. Austin Crozier's where I had the cutoff. I was like, yeah, you no. know, exactly. That's where I was like, okay, look, he was there, but I wouldn't put him in there. But, you know, it's like I could see some people be like, what about Crozier? But then lastly, we're both in agreement. As talented as Paul George is and was for us, the way the exit was and all of that, it's just like unless he was to come back to the Pacers, I don't think he would make the ring. Of oh, I didn't but say he would make it. I think he should make it. Oh, well, you, you could definitely make that argument, but I think unless he was to come back, it's like those are really good years, but, you know, I don't know. No, he, <laughs> he deserves to make it once okay. he retires because he had a great career here with the Pacers before he could have been the trade. Be- Could have been the best Pacer of yeah. all time if he had stayed 10 to 15. 15- 15 years he would have broke so many records he gave so, us eight years i mean yeah it was it was solid it was really i mean there was success in those eight years the back-to-back conference you know finals appearances and all that so you know i i, I don't think that i don't think it'll happen i really don't but yeah. it, it could it should yeah i think that he definitely should be up for consideration just because of how good he was for a certain era and that's why it's kind of like you look at that rough era that ended up leading to the brawl, but like you're talking about the defensive player of the year, Ron Artest. He should probably yeah. get some love for that. And I don't know if he'd ever would because of the brawl. I don't think he would. And that's why it's like, I wanted to put him down as like someone that they should consider. But I think you give it like 30 years from now, if they did this, he probably could make it. But, you know, same with Victor Oladipo, like Victor Oladipo, Demontis Sabonis. These are kind of guys that had really good moments with the Pacers. Like, do they deserve the ring of honor? It's tough. I think Lance Stevenson has a case just because of the fan favorite. If you're putting Jeff Foster in there, Lance Stevenson has been a three-time pacer. This Three guy, time. and I, I think mean, and George Hill. George Hill is another guy that could be up for consideration. Now, we're not talking about guys that change the franchise, but if you're putting Jeff Foster in there, the guy didn't change anything for the franchise. He was just a now, he, solid he guy. He didn't, but it, it gets to a point where it's like Nick Collison, and has his number retired. Well, but we're not OKC. Come on. We're not I, OKC. I, I, this I, is Indiana, no, we're, baby. We're definitely not. I know. I'm just saying, like, every now and then, you got to reward the guy that's stuck with you the whole time. And, no. you know, if, if we're talking about throwing in as many names as you mentioned before, Jeff Foster's one that you, you feel like you got to kind of tip your hat and be like, hey, that guy was loyal. I think a couple names that we left off that probably should have gotten some love. First and foremost, Donnie Walsh. Very much. Very, Donnie Walsh was like ingrained in Pacer basketball for so long. Mm-hmm. I, I think he definitely deserves to be in there. And then two more names. Obviously, I think Herb Simon, the owner, whenever he passes away of course, or of course. sells a team, like he needs to be in there. But one guy that's been with this franchise for a very long time, he's still with the franchise currently. That's Mark Boyle. I think the voice of the Pacers radio station, Mark Boyle, definitely deserves to be in a Pacers ring of honor because we know he probably won't get his jersey retired because he wasn't like a coach or anything like that but he's another guy that deserves some love and then going back to the aba because you hear this guy's name brought up all the time as a huge part of those teams and i want to make sure that the people that are our older listeners that listen to this show don't think i'm discrediting the aba but freddie lewis freddie lewis deserves some love for the ring of honor yeah i think you definitely got i think i love i love the mark ball point because i just feel like that's we have seen teams kind of like, I don't know if you want to say like retire 
announcers or anything like that. But it's it just like that's been done, and I think that that would be fitting for the Pacers. Mm-hmm. So I very much like that. And, you know, for Freddie Lewis, I got, I got his stats pulled up. I mean, great, great player for a long time. Yeah. So um, I think that that's awesome. And you can't go wrong, but I do think that the Pacers need to have something like this because there's so many players that have been so important to this franchise that I think by not being like honored, they, they, they lose touch with the Pacers. Yeah. And there's so many guys you want to see back at games and just to feel that they're like, Hey, I'll never, ever, you know, forget or, or do anything less than cherish my time as a Pacer. And now it's nice to know that they cherished my time as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure there's names we've left out, and I would I oh, feel bad about that. So if there's a name we left out, please let us know in the comments section below, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on, you know, you're listening on your Apple podcast, you can leave a comment on Instagram, Twitter, that kind of stuff. But if you don't know where to find us at, now's a perfect time to listen in because Fachi, you're going to tell everybody where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at setting the page three. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast where you can check out all of our video content. And wherever you're listening to this audio-wise, please leave us a five-star rating and review because that helps people find this podcast more than they would if it's just not getting those nice ratings and reviews. And we've got some recently, so I want to thank those that have given us one recently. Thank you so much for contributing to the five-star ratings. But with that being said, Fachi, if you're excited to see the Pacers, listen to this podcast and maybe come up with the Ring of Honor in the near future. Then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Going to the top, setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast, sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop, smooth. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.